Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 449th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston. To go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And he was actually covering Auburn, Penn State, at the Whiteout this weekend up in State College, Pennsylvania, for that fabulous game. And so we'll get a report uh, from A.P. on life in Happy Valley on a Whiteout weekend. My highlight of the week is Tom Brady lighting it up again yesterday with five touchdown passes while breaking yet more records along the way. As I have been saying for years as a longtime Patriot season ticket member who had the pleasure of watching Tom Brady up close and personal for 20 years, we are witnessing sports history from the 44-year-old on a weekly basis. Yesterday's uh, probably most interesting record, because it's so current, uh, was that nine games in a row of scoring more than 30 points per game, breaking the record set by himself. So he now holds spots one, two, and three uh, for most games in a row, scoring more than 30 points. Uh, he and Rob Gronkowski are back in sync. Uh, Gronk had two touchdown receptions yesterday, as did Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin had the other. Uh, quite the receiving core for Brady, to put it mildly. And it's just utterly remarkable what he's doing. Uh, we've just never seen anything quite like it in sports history. Any sport at that age, not the level of excellence. We've seen a lot of players hanging on in various sports when they get to that age, but nothing like what we're seeing Brady do, uh, you know, not just yesterday, but last week, and then winning the last eight games of the year after their bye week last week, and right on to, to and winning the Super Bowl. So it's really, uh, you know, how lucky are we? be able to witness this on a uh on a weekly basis so well i also always said every time uh i went to brady's games for the past 20 years uh down the road at gillette uh these are the good old days and enjoy them while they last speaking of the patriots my bizarre story of the week is brady's heir apparent number 15 pick mac jones Yesterday, again, looking in command of the Patriots offense that we have watched for 20 years that Brady ran. And he, what's so bizarre is how he outdueled fellow draft pick and Jets number two pick, as in 13 spots higher. Number two pick, Zach Wilson, who threw four interceptions uh, in the game yesterday. And so Mac Jones uh, wins his first NFL game. As a quarterback, people up here in New England are really, really enjoying watching him. And uh, and it's just, uh, you know, off to a good start after the surprising loss to the Dolphins at home that I attended last Sunday in the opening game. But they got um, back on track, as they often do against the Jets on the road. 
and the defense, which is really kind of billed as their calling card, uh, is uh, looking as good as advertised with the four picks. So uh, they're back on track, and again, people in New England are loving their Mac Jones and uh, and happy to get the first win under their belt here in uh, 2021. Moving on to the late window yesterday, the 4 o'clock window that went to about 8 p.m. Eastern time. Great finishes. Started with the uh, Arizona Cardinals winning 34-33 as the Vikings missed a last-second field goal and Kyler Murray showed off his athletic ability yet again, running and passing. And he is uh, he's special, to say the least. And he's showing why he was the number one overall pick. And uh, so, yeah, Cardinals 2-0 and looking good, really good. Uh, pretty much at the same time going on was uh, the Cowboys uh, with the 56-yard kick to win. Uh, against the Chargers out at the new SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, They, you know, had a tough game and, you know, losing, uh, you know, losing some people off their defense uh, was looking a little shaky as to their chances, but they came up big, rushed the ball, and uh, again, uh, Mike McCarthy's clock management came into question, but Jeff Zerline built him out with the 56-yard field goal that had plenty of room to spare. And then to finish up the afternoon window, uh, the Titans and Seahawks went into overtime. Titans made a big comeback in the fourth quarter in Seattle. And, uh, and uh, they got it done with the field goal. Derrick Henry looked fabulous. And, uh, and again, Titans go out and get a big, big victory out in Seattle. Not an easy thing to do. That's for darn sure. And then last night was really the perfect ending to, uh, an electric Sunday, which was the Ravens coming back to beat the chiefs. Chiefs had the ball. All they had to do was not turn it over. So they promptly turned it over. Unlike them. And Ravens were faced with a fourth and one uh, or giving it back to Patrick Holmes with a little over a minute left. And great the great video of John Harbaugh yelling to Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, MVP, former MVP, and asking if he wanted to go for it. Of course, he said yes, and he single-handedly, uh, with the help of great O-line blocking, got, got the one yard and put the game away. And they celebrated like it was a playoff win. So, really, really good stuff, to say the least. That leads into my low light of the week, uh, which was the Steelers losing their opening game at home. First time with fans, and like everybody else, so well over a year, pretty much two years. And, uh, and the Las Vegas Raiders came into Pittsburgh. Keep in mind, this was one of the most vicious rivalries in NFL history back in the 70s with Chuck Noll and the criminal element and George Atkinson and concussions to Lynn Swan, on and on and on. Memorable playoff games, immaculate reception. So given the history of these teams, for Las Vegas to come in and win the Steelers' home opener in 2021 uh, was certainly a low light for the Steelers, but a real highlight for the, uh, you know, for the Raiders to come in and be able to do that. So, uh, yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, Jameis Winston and the Saints uh, came back to earth, getting beat 26 to 7 by the Panthers. And and the Panthers are now 2-0. 49ers went up to Philadelphia and beat the Eagles 17-11. Uh, Rams at Colts was a good game and Rams went in and took that game 27-24. The Bills, uh, after losing the Steelers in week one, went down to Miami and blitzed them, shut them out 35-0. Miami, of course, 
beat New England up here last week. So a lot of teams are one and one, a few are two and zero, oh, and it was, uh, you know, again good theater all around. Browns got their first victory, beating the Texans when Tyrod Taylor went out, their quarterback, thirty-one uh, twenty-one, and the Bears uh, eked out a win over the. Bengals and Andy Dalton was hurt and Justin Fields finally got on the field, which I'm sure uh, seemed to make a lot of uh, Bears fans who had been clamoring for that uh, pretty happy. No doubt about it. Um, So, again, just really a uh, great, great NFL Sunday. And tonight we have the Lions and the Packers and see if Aaron Rodgers gets back on track after he got blitzed by the Saints. So now let's take our break. Next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P. is going to fill us in on his weekend at the whiteout at the Penn State-Auburn game. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A Braveheart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. How are you? 
Doing great. Thank you so much for calling. And as I teased in the opening segment, you had the pleasure of attending your first ever Penn State whiteout against SEC team Auburn down there in your home state of Alabama. And uh, looking forward to getting your thoughts. I went to the one in 2019, and I'm glad you got to share the experience as well. Yeah, John, I really enjoyed myself at Penn State. It was a terrific atmosphere, and I really liked the unity of the whole idea. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's other uh, schools and programs that could have something uh, different, but I just like the idea of everybody wearing white, and it's like they're all in it together to win this game and represent Penn State. And the crowd was loud and but they're always very friendly over there down at Penn State. I've been there. That was my seventh time. And really? I have to wow. say the press box, yeah, yeah, my seventh time. So the, the press box um, has kept up the reputation having the best food. And uh-huh. yeah, the other six times Alabama had played there. So I've been there all those six times as well. And, it's, and like I said, it's always the same. The people are very friendly. And you're out in that big, huge parking lot trying to find your vehicle. The uh, cornfields. Out in the cornfield. Yeah, corn yep. That's what it is, yeah. That's where I parked so, since so, I was... Yeah. Yeah. Since you were young. <laughs> I was young, and yeah, right, since so. I was, you know, a teenager, literally. And and you're right about right. it. A, a, people out there are friendly. We, we from Pennsylvania. I grew up a half an hour away from Penn State, so we like to believe we're friendly, so it's nice to get feedback like that from you, because it is a, a friendly... Yeah. Uh, population out that way, to say the least. Yeah. Yes, they enjoy discussing the opponents and, and the different teams and the visit Penn State, and uh, I found that the same in my, my first time and my seventh time. They're discussing their team, they're asking you about your team, uh, and uh, they, they love football, they love, being, they love the game of college football, particularly. Yes. And uh, there's a festive mood. I mean, I was actually walking uh, half a mile from the stadium, and someone had cooked a couple of hot dogs, and they said, hey, how would you like a couple of hot dogs? And you walk on, on your way to the stadium. I said, sure. So they gave me two hot dogs on my way into the stadium. I love it. That that says it all right there. That is exactly yes. the type of thing I would not only imagine but expect might happen. Uh, in the shadow of Beaver Stadium. That's just the way people are down there. And uh, I've given hot dogs to strangers and have received hot dogs from strangers. So I, I can relate. That's a great story. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And AP. Yeah, that's the, uh, you know what? Yeah. Very good, though. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say that it, it was very good. I mean, I know other places that offer you food, but that was just so much fun. Because I was hungry at that moment, and uh, the, the first the gentleman had two hot dogs on a paper plate for me, so I carried it out uh, on my way into the stadium. It worked out perfect. Yeah, it's a great walk into the stadium, through the cornfields corn and whatnot. Uh, you know, I grew up around it, so it just all seemed so normal to me to park on a cornfield. That's, you know, one of my fond memories of Beaver Stadium. <laughs> you know, there, there's parking lots, but not many. Right. You're parking on grass. That's it. And you're walking up hills. <laughs> that's just the way it is. And, and AP, uh, before we get to the game itself, which was spectacular, I mean, the half an hour, you know, the, the pregame with the students doing those organized, orchestrated chants, the band, all of it, the, the pom-poms, obviously everybody in white. There's really nothing like it. I mean, and I saw a great game like you did. I saw Michigan-Penn State two years ago in 2019, and fabulous game. And uh, But my memory, my lasting memory, despite the great game, and K.J. Hamler scoring literally right in front of us. We had end zone seats. But anyway, it was... Uh, just the pregame, I mean, that was just absolutely memorable. Did you find it similar? Yeah, and, and the, yes, and the bands, you know, the band comes on the field, and they're yep. extremely proud, as they should be, and they're uh, yelling at the top of their lungs in support of all those band members playing the fight song, the alma mater, the national anthem. 
So in uh, the whiteout, it was really cool. And, of course, you could see the orange of the Auburn folks uh, sprinkled around the stadium. And, John, they, it, a little bit of change in, in the seating that I noticed. I believe this is what it is. They put the opponent, uh, opponents of fans up on the top level. It's primarily, it used to be a section in the corner of I agree. Uh, the I stadium that. across from the yeah, across from the as I recall. AP, it's a good observation. You're exactly right what you recall. And uh, the, the night of the Michigan whiteout two years ago, that's exactly the Michigan fans, for the most part, were in a, they're kind of in a section in the corner. But it really came across on TV what you're saying about being literally at the very top of the stadium. The, you could see the orange for like the top three to five rows. And then, but you did see a lot of orange sprinkled throughout the stadium as well. And the comment, you know, you know, the announcers commented on the strong Auburn presence. No surprise, I'm sure, yes. <laughs> to you. Yes. And, uh, yes. and yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, it, just good time had by all. And AP, the, uh, the game itself was spectacular. My quick observation was how strong Auburn came out. They were not intimidated. They needed, you know, they needed to come out and stem the tide, so to speak, uh, you know, from Penn State, just running away with it, you know, right off the bat. And they did that perfectly. Um, started fast, kept the crowd, you know, um, from going completely wild. When I went to the game in 19, Michigan, I think, had to call a timeout or two, and they had two or three offsides in the first series. Like, it was so loud and crazy. Auburn had none of that. They, they, they were well-prepared to start. Yeah, I thought they played a, very, a pretty good game, John. They had that one yes. turnover, which really was the difference. And and I don't blame the, the individual for having the fumble because it's one of these things where you have to overcome because you win and lose as a team. And it just so happened they got down near the, uh, the goal line, about the two-yard line. And the fourth down call, John, I'm just not a fan of that fade because the route has to be precise. The throw has to be perfect almost. And there's little room for error. And obviously the receiver was you know, held up at the line. And I don't mean that's a penalty. I'm just saying that the defensive back was in the best coverage. And there was he didn't get open. And consequently... It went way over his head. I think it was out of bounds. And, and, and you have the two sidelines. You have the back end, the back end, and then the sidelines. That, that's part of your defense. And it's a very tiny, small window. And they just did not like to call you on the two-yard line. You have a strong running game. I would rather see him pitch the ball and they get tackled. And I saw that many, many years ago in the Alabama Penn State team when they tried to make the 28-point comeback. And it would have succeeded except they – that's Kerry Goo down about the one-yard lane on a pitch play, but that, and that's where the game ended. But I just did, was not in favor of that call, and I just don't like that fade as your, your last option. Uh, it's not fourth down. Agree, you try it on second down, okay. Yeah, so not, not your fourth option when you're, you're running strong. I mean, in Bo, Bo Nix himself is a pretty good runner, so run some option play. Maybe you run an option play and he pitches it or something. But I, that fade... Um, and I'm not one, John, who really criticizes play calling. It doesn't matter to me, but I do not like that fade option. Right. It basically leaves you only one option. You know, either it works or it doesn't, and there's no sort of backup, and it's just all, you know, you're all in on that just one single play that can be a tricky play, uh, to say the least. But AP, speaking of Bo Nix, I mean, and the people I was watching with at a Penn State watch party was uh, he throws like a moon ball. I've never seen a quarterback throw the ball up like so high, like and and far, like not so much the far part, but the high part. Were you, are you seeing what I'm seeing? You're an expert and you were there, but everybody I was with was commenting on it. Like it was just like he was throwing it as with the highest arc imaginable. Right, it was, it was like he was in the backyard launching it up to the moon, as you said. And, and John, that's one thing in person I saw up close. And right. the receiver had no idea uh, the location of the football. 
Robertson, Demetrius Robertson, the, the, the transfer from California and Georgia. And it came down pretty close to him, but he did not make a play in the ball because he couldn't, he couldn't find it in the air. So either you, it's something to do with the receiver and his ability to locate it, or you have to change that trajectory because it, de- it definitely was uh, something I hadn't seen very often. Usually it's an art. It's not lofted where you, you have a zenith up in the air and then it's coming down. So I don't know, I don't know why, why that's the case. I really don't. It was one of the stranger things I've seen, AP. He threw, I'll call it a moon ball, for lack of a better word, at least three, if not more, times during that game, all along, all in the air for the better part of 40 to 50 yards, it seemed. So he has a good arm, but, you know, it was like a center fielder, like Willie Mays making his great catch in the 1950s World Series, you know, kind of, you know, the the receiver kind of looking over his shoulder with the ball, you know, dropping out of the air. It was just unique. I don't ever remember seeing, I've seen him here and there, but never so consistently during the course of a game where again, by my count, at least three, if not more passes like that. In person, it must have been unbelievable to watch. Yeah, that totally surprised me. As soon as you let it go, and I'm watching the, the flight, it was unusual to say the least. To say the least. Exactly. To say the least. It was like, like you said in the backyard, like throwing it to your little brother who you don't want to throw a bullet pass to. So you sort of arc it. Uh, but this was, you know, 10 times beyond that, 10 times longer and 10 much yeah. times higher arc. But that's sort of the example. But again, everybody was talking about it. It was watching with me on TV and there was a lot of people and it was great. Uh, you know, just to hear everybody like so fascinated by it, as was I, but I'm sure it was even cooler to witness it in person because it, it was really uh, different, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. If I, I don't to get a chance to ask somebody about it, that's what he's been taught or that's something to incorporate. I just, I don't know, maybe I didn't notice it last couple of years. I, I, I don't know. But I definitely noticed it on Saturday night in Happy yeah. Valley. And, and the, the receiver, he was baffled. He could not locate. He could not locate the ball. Correct. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, again, I've seen him play before. I don't ever remember seeing that, Bo Nix. But, uh, anyway, AP, hard to believe. Not hard to believe, given how exciting a weekend it was for you. And uh, you got down there and got to see that. Uh, but... We're already at the end of our first segment. We still have a lot more to get to, including Alabama and Florida. Great ending there. And we will do that on the other side. So don't go anywhere. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. 
That's the Information Edge. Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. This is our weekly call and expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we uh, covered last segment that you attended the whiteout. You gave a great report, the Penn State-Auburn game, and you're still in Pennsylvania for a little bit longer, heading out today. And, uh, of course, I had to ask, you know, when you were at the whiteout, were you able to catch the unbelievable ending uh end game in general of florida alabama at the swamp in gainesville uh incredible game incredible ending and i was thinking of you because i knew you were down there for the whiteout and florida's two-point conversion uh, they muffed it pretty badly i'd say <laughs> yeah i i think alabama caught a break with that terrible call in the way it was totally. executed actually i mean i i, I think if he, he he faked it inside his belly and then moved on down the lane maybe he had a better chance possibly but the way he, it all played out he just like you said he was hugging the ball carrier and they both went down and so alabama was fortunate uh, one thing about Alabama, John, you know, they, they took a big lead, 21-3. to three. They were running the ball effectively, and all of a sudden they went away from that strategy. I don't know why, but uh, and Bryce Young was, I think, sacked two or three times. There was some hurries involved. And um, the Alabama's defensive line, their front seven, I thought was going to be very strong this year. Obviously, 245 rushing yards later, that's a question mark moving, moving forward. In Alabama's secondary, as we saw in the first two games, they had a tendency to miss some assignments. So the whole defense is really in question, um, in my mind. Yes, and I had heard something uh, the other day that they were expecting this to be one of Alabama's potentially all-time defenses. But it didn't turn out that way Saturday. We have a classic case, so they let Florida hang around. That's an understatement. And they... No, and it got close no. at the end. Yeah, I think that discussion has ended quickly, John, and now it's going to yeah. be up for some survival games, I believe, against Ole Miss two weeks from now. Put 48 points on Alabama. That's the most in the Associated Press era. Of an unranked team scored 48 points. That's the most of all, almost all time. And we know that Ole Miss has their quarterback uh, back, and he's, he's very good, can put about four, five, six, seven touchdowns on in a heartbeat. And, but he does have a tendency to throw some interceptions as well. But, yeah, defensively, like I said, Alabama is going to be in survival, some survival games. Yes, yes. It was really uh, pretty surprising. So I attend the 
uh, Penn State games at an establishment in Boston called The Greatest Bar. Literally, that's the name, The Greatest Bar in the shadow of the Boston Garden. And been going for years, massive Penn State uh, watch party for every game. Four floors, playing the alma mater, all of it. Penn State fight songs, you name it. Penn State cheers. So it turns out this year, uh, the Florida Gator Bar in Boston uh, discontinued it. So the Florida Gator official watch bar is now the same as the Penn State watch bar, the greatest bar in Boston. So it was. Uh, so bottom line, the Florida the Gator the Florida watch party many hundreds are watching, especially at the end, while the Penn State people are accumulating to watch the whiteout, which is going to start a few minutes later. So it was an unbelievably dramatic, dynamic atmosphere. They, you know, they were just apoplectic with the execution of that play. It looked like the quarterback was hugging the ball carrier, and you couldn't really see from the angle if he was, that he was trying to shove the ball in his stomach. We assumed he was. But it, it was just incredible uh, to have that play turn out that way, given the stakes. And Florida fans were just beside themselves with how quickly it just ended. And then basically Alabama defense tackled both of them easily. <laughs> well short, I might add. Right. Yes, yes. And uh, the coach of Florida, he's, he's really pretty good at calling plays. Giving his team a chance to win, as we saw last year against Alabama. Different style of uh, quarterback, of course, pocket quarterback. But yeah, he flubbed that one on Saturday for sure. Oh yeah, Dan Mullen. Well, AP, you know, he he seems by every you know always always to be a very affable guy. And boy, the moment that play ended, they flashed to him on the sidelines, and it looked like he. You couldn't see what he was saying, but it looked like he was firing off a very sharp comment to whoever was closest to him. I'm going to presume that would be maybe the offensive coordinator. I have no idea. But he looked as, like, upset for just a, a brief couple seconds. And he said something, and it was he kind of turned his face away from the camera to say what he needed to say in the immediate aftermath of that play, a second or two later. And it just, for me, showed how in disbelief he was as all of Gator Nation was in disbelief. Uh, just an incredible, right, again, right. faux pas given the stakes, to put it mildly. It would have tied the game, potentially sent it into overtime and see what happens. But, yeah, it, it's just, you know, it was incredible. It's rare that you see something like that at that moment in time, given the way Florida had hung around and then fought back uh, and was sort of, you know, uh, doing well against that vaunted Alabama defense. So you had every reason to believe that they had a good shot at a two-point conversion, but not to be. Right, and they were running the ball effectively, like I said, 245 yards. And, John, I'm sure he was very mad because you're thinking, all right, we, we get to play Alabama Maybe once, I think it's every six years uh, right. at home, and, you, and it's early in the season. There are, uh, have some young players on defense, you on offense, a uh, new quarterback, and we had this fabulous opportunity to tie the game and put all the pressure on them. And we just fell up slightly short on the two point conversion with that botched play, the execution, and maybe the call itself. And AP, you used the perfect word, opportunity, one that's not going to come along again for maybe six, six years or so, and it was right there, and, and that's, that, that's going to be the memory of all the players, coaches, and of course the fans. It was an unbelievable opportunity uh, given the setting, the stage, the swamp, all of it, and it was just right there. And again, you know, this is all couched by the fact that they had made a tremendous comeback to, you know, to put themselves in that position of tying with a two-point conversion. And then to have that happen was just really unfortunate uh, from where they're sitting. Um, Well, AP, uh, well, I'm I'm glad you got to see it. I'm sure it wasn't easy to kind of catch, you know, catch ending, that type of an ending given, 
your presence at the whiteout, but uh, glad you did get to uh, stay on top of it. And uh, and hey, Alabama wins again, number one still, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they they won again. But I think a lot of teams are watching that film and saying, "Look, our, our situation. You know, we had to pass the ball against Alabama to have a chance." But right. they also learn if we can block well enough and call the right plays, we might be able to have a lot of balance and, and put them in a bind with, with what type of defense and what, you know how they're going to try to stop us as an offensive unit. And so they, they don't look they they're far from invincible after Saturday's yes. performance. You know, to the, in, the, in the eyes of other teams. Correct, and I'm sure that Mississippi and others are going to be. Uh, burning the midnight oil, pouring over that film, looking for anything and everything. Uh, and AP, before we close out this segment, I do want to add that uh, Penn State had a nice little leap up to number six in the rankings from number 10 with their victory over Auburn. So uh, people in Pennsylvania, I'm sure, are pretty happy about that. I saw the first poll come out yesterday afternoon and, frankly, was a little surprised. There was a bigger leap than I might have expected. So... So that was good as well, certainly from the Penn State perspective. Oh, yeah, and the Big Ten perspective as well. Correct. There you go. It's all about the conferences as well as the teams these days. Yes, yes. Way well, P, uh, had to mention that. Couldn't close the segment without making note of Penn State now being the number six team in the country. And uh, I'm guessing it's the highest they've been since 2016 when they won the Big Ten and played in the Rose Bowl. Um Anyhow, why don't we take our final break and still have a few more things to get to on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Foxworth Theory is what you need now. Hosted by Eugenia Foxworth. Each show brings a unique guest from many walks of life. From authors and entertainers to artists, fashion, music, and business. You never know what your takeaway will be, but you'll definitely learn something new. It's a whole new type of talk show. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Harlem America Digital Network and the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back with the, on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Packers-Lions game. We're all waiting with bated breath to see if Aaron Rodgers becomes Aaron Rodgers again uh, following a, a horrible first-week loss to the Saints. And beyond that, my pick of the week really is the Ryder Cup. Only comes up every couple of years. Uh, I went to the one in '99, the famous one, up here in uh, the Country Club in Brookline, nearby where I live. And uh, been a huge fan ever since. So it's whistling straights in Wisconsin. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is going to be awesome. That plus football plus baseball pennant races. Uh, <laughs> It's the sports fans' dream weekend coming up this this weekend, so it's going to be great, AP. And uh, and um, AP, I, I, I think we talked about this last week with all the Alabama players in the NFL. I guess you could form your own NFL team with the number of players around 53 in there. But quarterbacks, we'll start with them. The, Mac Jones. Got his first NFL victory yesterday. Everybody in New England is loving him. He played, ran that offense that we've been watching for 20 years with Brady. Ran it to perfection yesterday. Uh, meanwhile, his defense helped him out with four, repeat, four interceptions of Zach Wilson, the Jets quarterback, taken uh Number two, so 13 spots ahead of Mac Jones. And AP, I, I don't know if you saw the highlights. I know you're having a busy weekend, but Damian Harris had like a 20-yard touchdown run where he broke Alabama. Uh, uh, alumni as well, where he broke like seven tackles. It's everybody's play of the week. Wow, that's, it was just incredible. Yeah, that, you know, that, that, he's, he's playing very well, Damian is. And uh, I think Damian was the third best back in that rotation with uh, Josh Jacobs being second, and uh, Najee Harris, of course, being the best, I thought, when they were at Alabama all together. Uh, but I think that Mac Jones, he's proved without a doubt that he's going to be a very good quarterback in the NFL, I think. Correct. And I don't make those type of statements after a couple of games, but I just believe that he has the capacity to read defenses, to understand that offense, the accuracy and the poise in the pocket, that I've spoken about many times with you, John. Yep. And Zach Wilson, he's more athletic. Oh, yeah. Probably his arm is as strong as anyone's, but four interceptions, and in that offense, I'm going to take Mag Jones every time. AP, you just spoke word for word what every New Englander is thinking today. Uh, basically, to sum it up in half a sentence, uh, New England has a quarterback for the future, for now and the future. And he is exactly what people want to say. I've been saying it all along from the day he was drafted. You know, he's running the Patriot offense that we've been watching for 20 years with great success under Brady, obviously. And now he's just seamlessly running that same offense. Uh, well, as good as you can run it for in your first two weeks in the NFL, put it that way. And, uh, so everybody up here is really, really excited. Good to see him get his first victory. Uh, as an NFL quarterback and uh, another person, another NFL former Alabama player who did not have a great day was had nothing to do with his game as much as uh, Tua. Tua got hurt and now everybody's uh, awaiting test results. I haven't seen him yet, but maybe they're out there. But uh, he looked really hurt with ribs big time. Didn't Did not return, was hurt in the first quarter. And they got they lost thirty five nothing partly because he left the game in the first quarter. I'm sure. John, this has been a, a, a problem with injuries. It, it, he can't seem to be healthy, 
for any extended time. And that really? was a concern of people when they watched him at Alabama. So uh, although he played quite a few games at Alabama, uh, he, he did get injured. And now he's in the, in the pros and he's trying to, he'll try to recover from this rib injury. But I think that that's something that might be part of his career. That just seems to be the nature of, of the way his body's constituted. Well, let's hope not. He's, uh, you know, I, right. I like He's likable. I, I just think he's likable. Uh, and uh, certainly I like him. And just to close out the segment, finally, yeah. AP, Derrick Henry came up huge in leading the Titans in their comeback and overtime victory over the Seahawks yesterday. He just looked fabulous, unstoppable. That's the only word you can use. He just took over. He just took over the end of that game. And not an easy thing to do in Seattle, that's for sure. No, no, they have a raucous crowd and very rabid fans and they're loud. So, but Derek is a big, strong runner. He's had moments of dominating, of course, in high school, I think 12,000-something yards. And in Alabama, with 2,000-something one year. Wayne Heisman, and then even the Pro Bowl, the number of 200-plus-yard games. So this is nothing new for Derrick no. Henry, and he has a good stiff arm. So it'll continue. Yeah, when he went to Uly High School in near Jacksonville, he was the nation's uh, all-time leading rusher in high school. I, I, I haven't heard that that's been broken, so I'm assuming it may still be the case. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, right uh Right near uh, Jacksonville. So, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our show already. I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy weekend to call us today and really give a fabulous description of your uh, wonderful whiteout weekend in Pennsylvania watching the Penn State-Auburn game. Really glad you got there and enjoyed it. Hey, thank you so much, John. It was my pleasure. And, uh, I had a great time being in Philadelphia and Harrisburg and State College, Pennsylvania. I look forward to future visits. Well, next time you're there, I'm going to meet you. That way we can go to my hometown a mere half hour up the road from Beaver Stadium. So uh, I'll, I'll give you the grand tour of Altoona, which I'm sure is an offer you can't refuse. I can't refuse, John, coming from you because you're going to be my host. <laughs> All right, AP. Once again, uh, have a good trip back home. Thank you so much for calling and your great description, and uh, we appreciate it very much. Thank you, John. My pleasure. All right, and uh, as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.